TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. There is indeed a lot of matchups to look forward to tonight, especially if you're a Chicago sports fan. Get the tape machine, get the DVR working. You got NBA playoff basketball, the beloved Bulls. You got the Chicago Blackhawks also playing tonight on Comcast Sports Network Plus. I haven't figured out where that is yet, so I got to figure out a way to watch Chicago Blackhawk hockey. The Cubs got a night game. The White Sox got a night game. And uh, if you're into football and the selection of young players who could be future stars in the NFL at 6.30 on ESPN, also the NFL Network, you have the NFL Draft. Not that exciting in Chicago. We don't pick to the third round, but uh, always entertainment, the NFL Draft. So five big sporting events, very difficult, difficult evening. Cancel all your plans. Get your work done early. It is a great night. To be a couch potato. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. TalkZone.com. Two guys and one mic today. It's one guy in one mic. The big dog is off today. He will be back tomorrow. Uh, once again, the co-pilot seat is open. You can uh, temporarily, if eh, what the heck, if you're a good caller, we'll keep you on the whole show. You can temporarily or maybe permanently co-host the show. Who knows? We might have an opening here, David Olson. If a caller calls in, he's really good. We might fly him in for a tryout. Who knows? This seat's been open way too much. But uh, at least today and maybe beyond that, you can be the co-host of the show, 888-463-6748. Again, our phone number here. You want to check in, talk some sports and more, 888-463-6748. You can always email us at our web-friendly email, which is Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C. And the number two, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. David, I read in the paper today where YouTube. The video sensation YouTube celebrating its fifth birthday today. It seems like a lot longer, but just five years ago. Yeah, I, was thinking, I read that article this morning, and I was thinking the same thing. It's like, really? Five years? Because it's just become such a part of the culture. And, and it's one of the great success stories in American business, uh, if, if not ever in recent years, right? Two guys, fairly new out of college, came up with the idea and started the business out of their garage. Pretty sure that's it. I, I think you're thinking about Google. Could be. Maybe maybe the guys started the same way. You know, with all these large websites like Google and YouTube and Facebook, yeah, it's always two guys in their garage. <laughs> so maybe instead of uh, this so far non-financially uh, successful venture, instead of two guys in a mic. Maybe it should, should be two guys in a computer because, yeah. I'll start a show called Two Guys in a Garage. Exactly. All exactly. we have to do is come up with a convention, but every great yeah. idea, at least of recent years, starts with two guys and a garage. Yeah, That's right. Maybe. Steve Jobs and uh, Steve Wozniak. Yeah. Started in a garage. Yeah. All right. I got the wrong name for this show. Forget about two guys and a mic. Welcome to two guys in a garage. We got to figure out a good idea. Got to figure out a way to make some money here. But uh, happy birthday to YouTube. It's given us uh, certainly plenty of entertainment and outstanding addition to the technocratic society that we live in. 
five years of YouTube, and uh, in honor of that, we would throw out our daily quandary today to our listeners. If you've watched a YouTube, uh, a clip, a video, maybe you got a site, anything that maybe is not the most commonplace, something really funny, something really dramatic that maybe many of us have not seen that we would be able to see, uh, give us a call. Let us know your favorite YouTube in honor of their fifth birthday, uh, again, site or video, something comedic, something emotional, uh, something very uh, cool that lasted with you for a long, long time. That'll be our daily quandary today if you want to check in with that. Uh, or, again, you can email at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. You can check in via the phone lines, 888-463-6748. I'm having a, a little browser situation with my YouTube, so I now have to update the browser, which I am very scared to do. Those of us that are... I won't say I'm computer illiterate, but uh, I'm walking the fine line. So you got to upgrade your browser. You're giving me a, a strange look. You have to up, you have to update your browser. That's apparently what it says. And in, in many of the videos I've gone to now, it says you can't get it because your browser needs updating. My 16 year old computer freak son said, "Oh, yeah, not a problem. You just it's okay to do." Yes. Okay. Yes. But it's a dangerous because you, you're what's that? It's dangerous along the way. See, it's easy for guys like you, but each step along the way, I'm afraid, you know, I'm going to lose files. I'm afraid the whole computer is going to completely malfunction at the end of it. Nothing to worry about? Nothing to worry about. No, no. Okay. Because I started the process yesterday and canceled it halfway through out of fear. It's not, it's not quite as easy as you're making it out to be. I mean, there were... you're, you're an Internet Explorer guy, right? Well, I'm I'm I, I'm willing to be. Why is there another uh, browser I should be going? With? Should I get wild and crazy and go Firefox? You could, you could. I never use Internet Explorer. I I can't stand Internet Explorer. I don't even understand what website what the browser means. You can only have one browser. No, no, no. You can run multiple browsers. Yeah, like Google Chrome and Firefox, yes. Internet Explorer eight. Yes, Safari and there are yeah. a couple other ones, but. Uh, Internet Explorer is basically the standard because, you know, it's a Microsoft product, so they stick mm-hmm. it on every single computer. Yeah. Uh, I just find it's very bulky and cumbersome, and there are all these add-ons that you don't need, and it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Chrome guy myself. So. A who? I'm a Chrome guy. Ah, I thought so. You're one of those guys, huh? I'm one of those Look at guys, that. yeah. A, a, a elitist in the world of computer browsing. A browser elitist. Woo! Google's not good enough, folks. David Olson, quote-unquote, a Chrome guy. Well, as Steve Martin used to say in Saturday Night Live, well, excuse me. All right, well, you know, I, I just don't want to destroy, like, all my files. That's it, what I'm No, it, 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 it doesn't okay. work that way. It all doesn't right. work that way. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune in tomorrow's 10 o'clock show because if something happens to my computer, uh, something might happen to producer extraordinaire David Olson. He might be. He might be. Uh, he might not be just, in tomorrow. Just as long as you download your update from Microsoft site, Uh-oh. you'll be fine. Wait, say that again. As long as you download your update from Microsoft site, you're going to be fine. I don't know what that means. Download my upgrade. Oh, from a Microsoft. Yeah, I'm a regular computer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't go to you know you know wizzo.com yes. and say oh here's okay. your update because you know. That could be something bad. All right. Thank you very much. Now, has the show started yet? Are we on the air? Uh, five minutes. Oh. <laughs>
taking care of personal business on the air. That's what we do a little bit of the time here in the two guys at a Mike Show Talk Zone dot com. Our producer today, David Olson, again the co-pilot seat, the co-host seat, open for you today. So give us a call. Any questions, comments you got on the world of sports or our daily quandary today? Your favorite YouTube video? You might want to. Let some of the other fans tune in on and honor their fifth birthday today. 888-463-6748, the phone number to call. Uh, it is indeed a busy, busy sports day. we got all things going on here, all kinds of things going on. We talked about it at the top of the show. Certainly one of the big events the Chicago Bulls are hosting. King James and the Cavaliers, Game 3 tonight at the United Center. Game 2, we talked about it on this show here, was uh, pretty entertaining. Pretty good ball game. Bulls took the game to the Cavaliers, and then LeBron James went absolutely just ridiculous. It's the only word you can use for what he did in the fourth quarter. Jacking up shots, putting them in, Swiss City. Uh, but the Bulls played a heck of a game. Now, can they come back in game three, do the same thing? We will see. I would argue if they play pretty much like they did in game two, they're going to get a W. And I just hope they keep uh, playing loose, playing free. A little bit of a swagger, refusing to be intimidated by the number one seed, Cleveland Cavaliers. And you know what? If they play that style, I think um, no guarantees, but I think a great chance they come out with a victory. Uh, Kirk Heinrich's got to start hitting his shot. Derek Rose, hopefully, going to have yet another good game. Joe Keem, Noah answers the critics and the Cleveland fans with a 25-point, uh, 13-rebound performance. I mean, that was impressive. Taj Gibson, the rookie who... Looks like he's about 32 years old. Plays like a veteran. Plays much more experienced than his young years. You know, we keep thinking, um, yeah, a guy like guy like Tyrus Thomas when he was with the Bulls, you know, a fourth-year semi-veteran of the NBA at that point. Well, guys like Derrick Rose and Tyrus Thomas, even though Taj Gibson is in his first year as a Chicago Bull, he stayed four years in college. He's still older. Older than a Tyrus Thomas or Derrick Rose. So sometimes I think we forget as fans, the guys that go to the pros after a year or two years of college, when you think they're veterans after three or four years, they're still pretty young kids. Still pretty young with a big with a big upside. That's one of the reasons I didn't particularly want to get rid of Tyrus Thomas, besides the fact I enjoy watching him play, both the ups and the downs. But uh, Tom Gibson's been great. Great, solid rookie is really uh, levelized, if I could use that word, stabilized, levelized the Chicago Bulls. So uh, we'll see. Flip Murray's got to come off the bench, do the job. Brad Miller, who me and my son David have basically anointed Brad Miller the best bad player in the NBA. He's either one or two. He's either the worst good player, but we prefer to think of him as he's one of the better, really bad players in the NBA because he's not good. He's certainly ugly the way he gets things done. It's not pretty, but he's very effective. Hits the outside shot. When he drives to the basket, he breaks about every, well, not every rule of basketball, but he breaks probably 9 out of 10. And more often than not, he still finds a way to get the shot to go in. So I am acclaiming Brad Miller the best bad player in the NBA, but he'll be a big part of it, too, coming off the bench. James Johnson uh, is going to have to come off the bench, too, and defend LeBron James. Cavaliers, awfully tough, though. Awfully good. It's more than LeBron. they got a lot of weapons. Should be a great game. 7 o'clock, I believe. So many games, so many events, so many different times and channels. It's hard to keep track of tonight, but I believe it's a 7 o'clock tip-off at the United Center. Comcast Sports Network bringing it to you, the Cavaliers taking on the Chicago Bulls. You want to talk some NBA basketball? We are right here for you, 888-463-674. A little bit later in the show, we'll go over uh, some of the other matchups in the series that are going on. Pretty good. 
in the years I've been watching NBA playoffs, I would rank this year, as far as interest level, we're talking NBA playoffs here, competitiveness, quality matchups, star power, young star power, good young players, some of them playing their first NBA playoff. I would rank this year right near the top. I mean, it's as good as I can remember. We're in the early stages. And boy, does it take a long time. There's a quote in the Chicago Tribune here I'll get in a second, but oh, man. I mean, that's one thing about the NBA playoffs. You could say the same thing about the NHL playoffs. Take forever. And I know it's TV related, and I know they try not to get all the games on the same time, and you got travel and everything, but man, there's got to be a way of shortening it up a little bit. Uh, Orlando Magic coach Stan Van Gundy, baseball, gets their whole playoffs, a World Series done in, in, in like three weeks. With us, it takes the first round to go three weeks. Orlando coach Stan Van Gundy, uh, a bit of an exaggeration, but not that much, especially if the, some of those series go uh, seven games. I mean, it can take forever. Then you got teams, it's almost a disadvantage if you win four straight. You sweep a team, you win four straight, you're on a great momentum, you're on a great roll, you got the high going, you got the, the basketball flow going, and then if the team you're going to meet in the next round, if that series happens to go seven games, I mean, you could be sitting... Those three games could take six or seven days. Once you determine a winner, they give you a couple more days off before you start. You could have eight, nine days off. That's probably an extreme. More realistic, six or seven, but, I mean, that's a lot of time. For the guys that have been playing for four months and used to, maybe a day off, maybe at most two days off, all of a sudden you got six, seven, eight days off. could almost be a disadvantage if you win Four straight and go on a sweep, and the team you're playing, the series goes to seven games. And I understand they might be tired a little bit. The grind of playing on the road might work to your advantage, but um, it is interesting. NBA playoffs have their own unique schedule. I just think they I think they drag these series well, out way, way, absolutely. way too long. Yeah. I mean, the playoffs started it was around the 15th, the 10th, and then they're going to go to the end of June. With the NBA Finals, I mean that's yeah. ridiculous. It really oh, is. It's, it's only round one. Yeah, we're not even we're not even halfway through. I mean, most of these series are only two games old. I feel like the playoffs have been going on yeah. for like three yeah. weeks. It's it's unbelievable because I you know I kind of really <laughs> noticed that looking at the schedules when they per, first put it out. It's yeah. like you know game one is the twelfth and a potential game seventh is like the thirtieth. <laughs> and it's like why? I mean, yeah. I. It, it, do you think it all comes down to TV, don't you think? It's all. It's, it's so you, they can get as many games on television as they possibly can. Professional sports right now, there's uh, many priorities. You can list two, three, four, five, six in different areas. TV is number one. TV is the clear dictator of what happens in pro sports. Right, right, right. Rather than doing like the you know the seven o'clock game and the nine o'clock game, they'll yeah. just well do it two separate nights. You yeah. Know? And this is taking forever. Remember, this is round one. You got eight teams. In each conference. So all we're doing here after whatever this grueling two-week, three-week grind is going to be is get us down to the final eight teams. Yep. I yep. mean, this thing will go on forever. And it's hard when, you know, the warm weather hits. Baseball starts kicking. It's hard to get excited. I mean, some of these matchups are great. They're great game. It's just hard to get into basketball in the middle of May, in the end of May, and early June. I don't know what you do about it. Not sure what the solution is because, again, it's all about TV and it's all about money. 888-463-6748, the phone number, Coach Flying Solo today, TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. It's the fifth birthday of YouTube. It is also a David Olson Earth Day today, is it not? 
I forgot to say happy Earth Day when you came. A in. happy so Earth Day. A happy you. Earth Day to you. A happy Earth Day to you and yours, and please keep your hands off mine. Thank you very much. Anybody excited about Earth? I know Joel. We got to get Joel on tomorrow. He is a, a longtime a peacekeeper of the planet Earth. Longtime greening of America global. I call him a global warming enthusiast. He gets mad when I say that. But uh, I think it's Earth Day today. Happy Earth Day to everyone out there. And um, it's also, it is also, I believe, today, take your son or daughter to work day. How about that? I know some of the school districts are um, going against that now. They're saying, we are all for the take your son or daughter to work, but do it in the summertime. Don't take them out of school. Not actually that bad of an idea. I think when the, I don't know if you want to call it a holiday, but whatever the day, when the, when the concept for the day came out, good idea, good concept. Take your kids out of school, let them experience the working world again. Under my philosophy of never let school get in the way of your education. But it's gotten a little contrite. Got a little. I, I can't complain with school districts that say, you know what, we're all for it, but do it in the summertime. I'll tell you how little respect I get in the house, David Olson. I, you know, I play a little Rodney Dangerfield here. No respect, no respect. I offered to take my son out of school for take your work day. He said, nah, I think I'd rather go to school. Thank you very much. No respect, no respect at all. My mother never loved me, David. Mother never loved me at all. I mean, she breastfed my brother, said she liked me as a friend. Oh. My me. sister had a bad reputation in high school. Very, very bad reputation. You want to know how bad her reputation was? Her picture in the yearbook was, was horizontal. All right, stop before I throw up. Stayed at a cheap hotel there a couple of weeks ago. This hotel was really cheap. You know how cheap this hotel was? This hotel was so cheap they stole my towels. <laughs> Shut up! Oh. All right, see the Rodney Dangerfield jokes or I start breaking down the NHL playoffs and... Like I said, I've watched about three hockey games all year, but I am the self-proclaimed hockey expert here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk Blackhawk hockey. They got a must-win. That cliche is overused uh, often, but you know they go down three to one. Well, that's not a must-win, but it's a really, really important one. Could the Hawks lose to Nashville, go down three-one, and still come back and win? You bet you that. You bet your sweet bumpkin they go. Who's used to say that? You bet your sweet gut bumpkins. Was that someone from, like, Alice? Uh, it was like, it was, oh, la- that was laughing. That was laughing. Yeah. yeah. Artie Feldman. You bet your sweet pipkin. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the Leo Kosher, oh, it's a must game. It's not a must game, but it's a really, really important one. NHL hockey, Blackhawks take on the Nashville Predators. At Nashville, the Hawks were just brutal. Brutal in game two. Let's hope they can come back in game three. All right, quick break. TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic back in a minute. Don't go anywhere.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Yes, indeed. It's Two Guys and a Mic and some bad Rodney Dangerfield jokes. Sorry about that. 888-463-6748. Our phone number. We talked about the NBA playoffs going on. We'll talk about some of the other matchups a little bit later, too, in the show. But we also got... Blackhawk hockey, big playoff game against the Nashville Predators today here in the fine city of Chicago. It's actually not here in the fine city of Chicago, but it's in Nashville, which is a fine city, too. I've never been to Nashville, but I'd like to go there. I'm a huge country music fan, as a matter of fact. Uh, So if anybody wants to take me to Nashville, I'd like to do that. I traveled through Tennessee. I've never really stopped. Uh, I know when I was at St. Louis watching the basketball games, for the NCAA tournament, I fell in love with the Tennessee fans. Tennessee Volunteers decked out in orange. You talk about a great, loyal fan base, a fun-loving group. Uh, Rocky Top, when they, the band sings that song and the whole crew's waving their orange towels and stuff. Tennessee, not a bad state. I might move to Nashville and become a Predator fan, especially if they beat our beloved Blackhawk. But a good matchup tonight. It's going to be interesting to see because you know Nashville is going to want to come out and keep the momentum going. They have played very good the first two games. They played brilliant. You talk about uh, executing a game plan. If our American military could execute the game plan to perfection, like the Nashville Predator did in Game 3, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq would be settled right now. I know solving the problems in Afghanistan and Iraq are a little bit, a little bit tougher than stopping the Chicago Blackhawk power play and offensive game. But uh, whatever the case, the Nashville Predators have indeed done that. The Blackhawks came out flatter than the Queen of Hearts in Game 3. I mean, it was brutal. It looked like, it. honestly, you know, I'm a Blackhawk fan. We don't, if you listen to the show here, we typically don't get that negative or down on teams. But they look like a junior hockey team playing a professional team. The Nashville Predators were playing at one speed, the Chicago Blackhawks, at another speed. It looked like you're watching the Predators and fast forward and the Blackhawks in regular speed or notch it down a step. The Predators were playing at regular speed. And I felt like when the Hawks had the puck, we were we had the slow motion goal. And that's rare because one of the great strengths of the Blackhawks is their team speed. So I'm not sure what's going on, but to hopefully Joe Keenville, our partner yesterday, Danny Sternfield, who was sitting in the chair to your left. If you're watching on the webcast, it's to the right. If you're listening on the radio, it's to the left on your radio dial. And if you're listening on the Internet, uh, just stare into the screen and imagine something. But Danny uh, Sternfield called uh, Coach Joe Keenville the mustache. So if you want to call him, that's not a bad nickname for the guy. But the mustache has got to find a way to motivate these troops. One thing he's doing, it's interesting. And any hockey fans out there, uh, I'd love to hear from you how much of an effect line changes makes. Is that a major or minor change? Triple eight four six three. 67-48. 67-48. He shook things up last game, even more so this game. Changing the center for a Patrick Kane or a Jonathan Taves, I think. Putting Taves and Kane even on the same line. Now, again, I'm not a hockey rocket scientist, but my instincts tell me that's a pretty significant thing. You basically got three guys offensively, supported by the two defensemen, but you would think they develop a karma together knowing where each guy is going to be, all the little subtle things that play into the game of hockey. 
who passes where, where they might be, what each guy's strengths are, what each guy's weaknesses are. And this deep into the season, in what some folks are calling a must-win game, changing up lines, more than a couple of them, putting different centers with different wingers. And again, maybe that's a good thing to do because they do got to put a surge into the team. But boy, that seems like a dramatic move and it just seems like it would throw off the timing of the players. But that is, in fact, what Blackhawk coach Joel Keenville is doing. As predicted here on the show yesterday, thank you very much. That's why I'm the hockey expert here, Adam Burrish. Adam Burrish, who has not been addressed, I don't think, for any of the playoff games. Had a great season last year, got injured this year, has come back healthy, but has not been able to find his way into the starting lineup. But uh, Adam Burris will not only be dressed for this game, Adam Burris is going to be out on one of those first three lines. He's going to get some PT. And if uh, hockey fans, if you know anything about Adam Burris, he's a grinder, blue-collar guy, energy guy. He'll get in a few scuffles. He'll make things happen. Joel Keenville bringing him in the lineup to uh, get a little burst of energy going for the Blackhawks. So we predicted that yesterday, one of the few predictions that actually came through. I think studies show over the two months we've been doing the show, including our Beat the Schmoes football predictions. Uh, anything predicted on this show by myself or a co-host has come through. I believe our manual computer has us down for about 31%. It's not good. Not a good. We were actually 29%. The Burris thing brought us up to 31%, so I'm feeling a little bit better. But uh, we'll see. Big game for the Blackhawks. Obviously, the goaltenders are um, under pressure. Pekka Renee has been outstanding. I mean, really, really good. For the Nashville Predators, and that was one of the fears of the Blackhawks fans coming into the series where, hey, we may be the two seed, they may be the seven seed, but hockey is a sport by the nature of it where one particular player can change the course of a game, can change the course of a series. And certainly it hasn't been just Pekka Renee because the Nashville game plan has been beautiful and a lot of their players have overachieved. They really don't have a great player. You watch them play, they don't have what you would call the wow factor. Patrick Kane, the wow factor for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, uh, defenseman Duncan Keith, the wow factor for the Chicago Blackhawks. Brian Campbell, when he plays at times, the wow factor. Even Brent Seabrook can give you the wow. Jonathan Tate, you got some wow factor guys. You have a much sexier team, if you will, the Chicago Blackhawks. Nashville, outside of, uh, what's his name, Shea Wolf. Maybe that one guy, there's really no players that, you know, put the other team in fear. But collectively, they've done a great job. They've done a great job and played the Blackhawks very, very tough. So we'll see uh, what adjustments. But getting back to the goalies, pressure on them. Pekaraday's been outstanding. Antti Niemi's been very good. Or at least, if not very good, he's been good. He's been above average, done a nice job. Good enough for the Hawks to win if they're playing their normal offensive game. So far this series, they've been very offensive. They haven't scored goals, but they've been very offensive. So it'll be interesting to see, too. Keenville not afraid to make changes if if Nashville scores an early goal or a couple of early goals, uh, will Joel Keenville walk out to the middle of the ice, raise up his right hand, and signal for the right-handed goaltender? That'd be kind of cool in hockey if they did that, like the uh, managers do in baseball. You know, Joel Keenville taking a long walk out to center ice, look to the goaltender, Look back to the bench, raise the left hand, bring in the left-hander. You ever know if goaltenders are left-handed or right-handed? Never heard that. I don't think it makes a whole lot. It probably does. I would think if you're an offensive player or shooter, you have to know if you're up against a right-handed goalie or a left-handed goalie. 
But I get sidetracked once again. The bigger issue is if they score an early goal, if the Hawks get behind, will Joel Keenville go to, even if it's not Niemi's fault, will he go to backup goalie Cristobal Hue just to, again, shake things up? And remember last year in the playoffs, Blackhawk fans, hockey fan, Cristobal Hue was outstanding. He replaced uh, Nikolai Habe-Bulin for a good portion of the games. He was so good in the playoffs that the Hawks felt comfortable getting rid of uh, Nikolai Habe-Bulin, the man with eight vowels, and first name and last name combined. And they gave the starting job to Cristobal Huey. didn't work out quite so well. But he played brilliantly in the play. Maybe they can capture that same magic. And who knows? Maybe Joel Keenville, at the start of this game, will start Cristobal Huey. It'd be a gutsy move. Gutsy move, but uh, it depends on how desperate he thinks the Hawks' situation is. I'll bet you if they lose this game, if they're down 3-1, I would imagine for Game 5 back at the United Center, Cristobal Huey would be back in goal. All right, there's your hockey breakdown for the day, folks. NHL playoffs. Hawks take it on Nashville today. Comcast Sports Network Plus. David Olson, our TV uh, anarchist. Our expert of technology, where would the average fan, I'm not sure I have the plus button on my TV screen. No, it'll be an alternate channel. Are you a Comcast user or do yes, you have sir. DirecTV? They'll have an uh, extra channel that's designated for overrun. Okay. And how will we, you know, I've got like 800 channels on my TV screen. How would one find that? I would just, uh, I would search through your okay. uh, guide, on-screen guide. Okay. Like, for example, I'm a DirecTV guy, and Comcast Sportsnet is 665, but Comcast Sportsnet ah. Plus is 666. You're a DirecTV guy, huh? I'm a DirecTV guy, You are yeah. definitely a uh, video elitist. DirecTV, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't join us for the first uh, scintillating 15 minutes of the show, he uses a upgraded Chrome browser. Going direct TV. All right, you want to you want to play that game? We we could be there. Oh, I I, I despise Comcast. I really? Des, I despise them. I've had nothing but problems with them. I and happy to enjoy the and, product. And, uh, Does Direct TV have DVR? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. I couldn't live without the DVR. That's, that's... no, I've got it, it's and it's a lot. It's a okay. better DVR than the Comcast right. one. You do yeah. know I am a part time employee of Comcast as a fine announcer for the fine station. No. <laughs> Not going to change your opinion, huh? No, not really. No, <laughs> no. I, I, I've been, I've been taken to the woodshed by Comcast far too many times. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's part of the reason why I enjoy Comcast. I like going to the woodshed. Don't knock it to you, but try it. A little uh, bare, bare-ended uh, paddling on the backside on the woodshed. Well, not such a bad it, it, thing. This was this was what broke the back when I finally upgraded to uh, eight, uh, HD television. I called to have HD added to my package okay. of programming, and they're like, "Oh, the package you've got is, you know, we don't offer the we don't offer this package anymore. We'll switch you over to you know the current plan. That's yeah. the same thing. And how same. much? Well, no, it was the same price. But what they didn't tell me is that I was going to lose three movie channels in the in the ah, deal. not good. Yeah, so it's like it's they, they you know mm-hmm. didn't mention that. Like, oh no, no, it's the same price. Say you know, mm-hmm. we'll just, we call it a different name, and then I lost all my movie channels. Same price sounds good. Gain a new product sounds good. What they don't tell you is you also lose three other uh-huh. stations along the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, no, it was closer to like fifteen because <laughs> well, the movie channels, you know, 
there are five different HBOs and Showtimes and all well, that. So yeah. it was... now, you no longer get Channel 100. You can't get my high school football broadcaster in the fall season. Mm. You might want to rethink yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or not. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, that's a baseball talk. Cubs and Sox play it tonight. We'll take a little recap of yesterday's Major League Baseball producer extraordinaire, David Olson, going to take it away. We'll be back in 42.5 seconds, folks. We're on a very tight schedule. Two guys, one mic, TalkZone.com. Get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone. Here we are back on the Two Guys and a Mic show, TalkZone.com. We were extolling the virtues of the Tennessee Volunteer, the fine state of Tennessee, and the fine city of Nashville, which I said I have not visited. We have before us, given to us by our uh, female intern here on the Two Guys and a Mic show, Louisa. We like to call her No Squeeza Louisa. And she has given me uh, in honor of our Tennessee and Nashville fans here some country folks' medical terms, what it means in country and what it means in actual terms. For instance, in Tennessee, you know what benign is? It's what you do after you be eight. Thank you very much. Labor pain is getting hurt at work. Node, these are medical terms of what it actually means in Tennessee. Node, what it means in Nashville is, I knew it. Pap smear, that's a fatherhood test. Pelvis, if you look on pelvis in Nashville, that actually is the second cousin to Elvis. Thank you very much. The recovery room. The recovery room, that's actually a place to do upholstery. Rectum. Medical terms, what they actually mean in Nashville, Tennessee. We're throwing some kudos out to the beautiful, fine city of Nashville in honor of them smacking around our Chicago Blackhawks. Rectum, uh, what it means in Nashville is damn near killed them. <laughs> you saw that one coming, huh? Uh, secretion, hiding something. Seizure, a Roman emperor. Tumor, 
You know what tumor is in Nashville? More than one. Ah, oh, goodness. David Olson was in a good mood, our producer, to start the show, and I'm rapidly getting him into a bad mood. That's what I do here. If nothing else, if we don't entertain the fans, at least I can destroy one hour of David Olson's day. Uh, urine. Urine. Opposite of mine. Varicose. You know what varicose means in Nashville? Near or close by. Thank you very much. <laughs> I want to thank our female intern, No Squeeze Louisa, for that uh, particular information. All right, enough of that nonsense. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Talk a little baseball here. The Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. It's been a long time coming. Not a good season thus far. For our Chicago baseball team, but a uh, ray of sunshine fights through yesterday. Cubs knock off the Mets. 9-3 to Alfonso Soriata. This guy taking a beating. Just taking a beating with the Chicago fans, Chicago media, the Chicago press. Uh, not here on the show, by the way. Not so much, anyways. A little bit, but I don't think we've been as hard on uh, Alfonso as some of the other shows, as some of the other um, hosts, although a few of the co-hosts I've worked with have. But bottom line is Alfonso was a breakout game yesterday. Home run, triple, single, hit a fly ball in the uh, eighth or ninth inning, came one Double short of a cycle. Big day for him. Cubs win 9-3. to Carlos Silva, the guy they got for Milton Bradley, that's looking like the trade of the offseason right now. Carlos Silva, uh, not great, but six solid innings. Four strikeouts, couple of walks. Thurio with three hits. Giovanni Soto trying to break through after a bad sophomore year, starting to play ball again. He's two for two, so nicely done. Nicely done by the Chicago Cubs. By the way, the cycle, I, mean, I knew it was hard to get. I knew it was rare. Didn't know it was this rare. If, if Soriano would have done it yesterday, it would have been the first in 17 years for the Chicago Cup. 17 years. I think Mark Grace was the last one to do it. So uh, you get a single, double, triple, homer in a game. Pretty rare event. Alfonso Soriano almost did that yesterday. Um, Cubs win 9-3. to Big news coming out of the Cubs front. Baseball fans, Cubs fans, if you want to comment it. Comment on it. Would love to hear from you. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. That's our phone number. Again, you can email us here on the two guys at a Mike show at uh, Mike Two Guys AOL.com. That's M I C in the number two. Mike Two Guys AOL.com. But Carlos Zambrano, how about a shake it up move? Do a little Elvis shaking things up, Blue Pinella. As he takes Carlos Zambrano, their star star pitcher, ninety one million dollars, folks. Not for the year, but the overall contract, fourth or fifth highest paid pitcher in all of baseball, Carlos Zambrano, to the bullpen, not even going to be a closer. Not even going to be your ninth inning guy. He will be your eighth inning setup man to get the big outs in the eighth inning, not to downgrade the eighth inning because that's key. You got some key outs right there. And very few people in baseball, it seems like one of the big weakness, that middle relief, that seventh and eighth inning. But uh, Carlos Zambrano to the bullpen, most of the experts I listen to, the uh, stuff you read in the papers, pretty negative on that response. My initial response when I heard it, uh, initial response was surprise. And then number two, you know what? Worth a shot. Worth a shot. Worst thing that can happen is he's not so good. Can't be any worse than what's been going on in the Cub bullpen already. And they move him back to starter. You've had a pleasant surprise in Carlos Zilva and Tom Gorzolani. We'll see how long they can last, but, you know, pleasantly surprised. You got Randy Wells and Dempster, a couple of grinders, not great pitchers. And you got Ted Lilly coming back healthy. So you got potentially, and I'm assuming this is the thinking, of a Jim Hendry, 
of an Uncle Lou, Lou Piniella. You got five, you know, solid pitchers, nothing spectacular, but five decent pitchers. Let's shore up the bullpen. Let's let's take the bullpen and get have it go from uh, weak to maybe a strength of the team. And you look at Carlos Zambrano. Body size, body language, mentality, and the way he throws the ball, he could be, again, it's a chance, could be a complete bust, could blow up completely, because Carlos Zambrano does have control problems. And if you know anything about baseball, you don't want to bring a guy in in pressure situations in the eighth or ninth inning, the worst thing that can happen with a one-run lead, tie ball game, two-run lead, you don't want to walk batters. So that's an issue. So it could blow up, but worth a shot. On the other end of it, Carlos Zambrano, there, there's that scenario where he could, he could just fit like a glove. That could be the perfect position for him. And you look at Zambrano with his bulldog competitive mentality. He's the kind of guy you could, you could throw out there every day. I mean, you could see him pitching an inning, maybe a little bit more than an inning, almost every day. Guy's got a strong arm. He's got a solid low base, the big butt, the strong legs. You would think, he would be a pitcher you could throw out there almost every day, bring him out there. Maybe he'll become a closer. Throwing that 93, 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Again, it's a chance. It might blow up in his face. Cubs are, what, 6-9, and nine, something like that. Nothing to lose. Uncle Lou trying to shake things up if it doesn't work. Okay? You talk risk-reward. I, I would argue in this particular case the reward's pretty high. And the risk, not that great. Bullpen's already bad. If it doesn't work out or the starters aren't good, bring them back to the starting lineup. Not a problem. And Carlos Zambrano himself, at least what he said publicly, is uh, he's willing to give it a shot. Whatever it takes for the team. $91 million. A lot of money for a bullpen guy, but there you go. Cubs win 9-3. to Carlos Zambrano goes to the bullpen. 6-20 game tonight. Johan Santana taking on Gors, uh, Tom Gorzolani. Cubs take off at 627, 10 tonight. White Sox take on Tampa Bay. Thank goodness, by the way, 7-Eleven is no longer a sponsor of the White Sox, so we don't have to put up with the 7-Eleven game time. I think the last couple of years they started their games at 7-Eleven in honor of that sponsorship. 7-Eleven, by the way. One of my greatest disappointments in the last year was when the White Hen Pantries closed and 7-Eleven took over for White Hen Pantry. I was a long time White Hen Pantry guy. Good sandwiches. I'd eat eh, two or three lunches a week. I eat almost all my lunches in the car on the road. I've mastered eating and driving at the same time. Very seldom do I actually sit down for a lunch. White End Pantry was one of the main stops. Good produce, good fresh sandwiches. The 7-Eleven. Ah, man. Weak. A week. The only plus. And if we get any 7-Eleven fans out there, uh, feel free to state your case. Feel free to uh, argue against the prosecutor here, 888-463-674. The only good thing about a 7-Eleven is the slushies. Their slushies are outstanding. And other markets like that, other little uh, small market places, little pantry places, if you will, have tried to come up with similar slushies. They're weak alternatives. You can't match the 7-Eleven slushie, the original. The best. The 7-Eleven slushie is good. Beyond the slushie, I would argue, not a whole lot of uh, positives with 7-Eleven. I get sidetracked once again. 7-Eleven no longer a sponsor for your Chicago White Sox. Moment of silence, by the way, if we could. For the dearly departed, I had many 
fond memories of White Hen Pantry and one waitress at a White Hen Pantry. Ah, never mind. Many fond memories of White Hen Pantry. If we could, uh, David Olson, our producer, we have a cart, the soundtrack, if you will. I think it's button number 43. Let's hit it for our moment of silence. There it is. Thank you very much. Once again, that's the production work of producer David Olson. If anybody else, if you're in the market for great production work, David is available to work part-time. Uh, send us an email at mike2guysaol.com, and he will pass along some of that brilliant technology that we just displayed. All right. Uh, so White Sox. Oh, man. White Sox take off 7-10 tonight. Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy is uh, on the mound tonight. He's going up against James Shields. Big game for the White Sox. They got hammered yesterday. Ozzie Guillen's going to lose it, folks. They better start winning. Or Ozzie, Ozzie's going to have the big one. And I don't know if the big one's going to be a heart attack. It might be more mental related, but Ozzie's going to go off. They cannot continue to play like this. We will have breakdown. Not that I'm rooting for it, but we will have new manager by uh, halfway through the season. And it might not be because he's fired. It might be because Ozzie's like on a plank, walking on a pier near like some deep body of water. I mean, he he will lose it at some point if this continues. They lose twelve to nothing. You kidding me? Twelve nothing to Tampa Bay. They've now lost five out of six. Mark Burley, their rock of Gibraltar, the guy that keeps Ozzy afloat very often. He's like an anchor. Yesterday, gives up a couple of runs in the second, four runs in the fourth. He gets absolutely blitzed. They bring in the bullpen. Ozzy signals for the right-hander. Boom! Bam! Base hit. Double. Ozzy comes out, signals for the left-hander. A double, a single, a walk. Ozzy goes back and just, I think the next time he came out, he took like two steps out of the dugout. Normally, they take the long walk out to the pitcher's mound, you know, and try not to embarrass the pitcher. He walked out of the dugout like two steps, bringing the damn lefty. Not good so far. Not good for the White Sox. And when Mark Burley blows up, you know things are going rough. One bright spot, by the way, we have not talked about. And again, if you're a baseball fan, White Sox fan, Cubs fan, do a talk some baseball here. Phone lines are open to the two guys at a mic show. Uh, Coach flying solo today. If you're just joining us, uh, the big dog will be here tomorrow. But the co-pilot seat, the co-host seat, if you will, is open. Dial it up at 888-463-6748. One guy we have not talked about much, Sergio Santos. Sergio Santos, and uh, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I do know he was in the White Sox minor league system, and he was a position player. Not sure if he was a catcher, maybe a shortstop, but the kid had a good arm. Think a catcher. And they wanted to give him a shot at pitcher. They tried him at pitcher, and he's fairly new in the minor league system. And he did really well. And I think it might have been just last year when he switched to pitching. And they pitched him in uh, some of the winter leagues, and he did really good. He shows up to spring training. They give him a shot. He makes the major league roster Sergio Santos, young kid. Very little pitching experience, and so far in, uh, I want to say four or five, maybe up to six different appearances, the kid hasn't been scored upon. He's got nine strikeouts, he's got two walks. I mean, you don't want to say a star of the making because he's only pitched six or seven innings in those five or six appearances, but still. If you're looking for a silver lining, and if you're a White Sox fan, not a lot of silver linings to be found. Sergio Santos, one of those guys, heard him interviewed on uh, one of the other radio shows, too, really nice kid. Sounded grounded, sounded genuinely uh, appreciative of the opportunity, whatever it takes, closer, mid relief, they want to make a starter out of him. But he's been a bright light 
no question about it, for the Chicago White Sox. They take on Tampa Bay coming off a 12 to nothing defeat. So let's hope they can turn it around. Jake Peavy, who uh, not getting paid, I don't, I don't know, is he getting more than Zambrano? I have to compare salaries. Not sure, but, but let's just put it this way. He's getting uh, more than a few million dollars with his brand-new salary. So far, three starts this year, two not so good. His last one was pretty good. Let's hope he can even that up a little bit. They need, they badly need Jake Peavy to uh, bring him down to home stretch tonight and maybe even like an eight- and nine-inning performance. Rest of the bullpen. So we'll see if they can get that done. Kansas City knocked off Toronto yesterday. Uh, tenth inning home run. Alex Gordon, Kansas City Royals get a rare victory. Minnesota Twins knock off Cleveland six to nothing. The Twins now up to eleven and four. A lot of people thought this year Minnesota lost a lot of their speed. Their closer Joe Nathan out for the season in spring training. They went to a new ballpark from the Metrodome to the outside park. A lot of people thought they would lose their home advantage. It might come to fruition. The season's a long way from over, but so far, forget about it. They're as good as ever. Beat Cleveland 6 nothing. They're 11-4 and and comfortably in first place. Francisco Liriano, by the way, appears to have regained his health. He pitched six strong innings yesterday. Boston, the Red Sox, trying to fight their way back to 500. They knock off Texas 8-7. to J.D. Drew with the grand slam. And they win the game in 12 innings on a Kevin Euclid double. 12 inning victory over Texas, 8 to 7. Philadelphia over the National League knocked off Atlanta. 2 to nothing. And, um, of note there, Roy Halladay. Happy Halladays. Roy Halladay. What a pickup he has been for the Philadelphia Phil. You talk about a solid, solid professional. That's what Roy Halladay is. Boy, consistently really good over a long number of years. And I've always appreciated that in, uh, in sports, whatever sport it might be. There's guys that can have one great year. There's guys that can have, uh, you know, a couple of great games, an unbelievable record-setting performance in a particular game. And you appreciate all that, and it's great. But to me, there's nothing in sports you appreciate more than be it a player or be it a team. Consistent success over a long period of time. That's pretty impressive. Minnesota Twins, you talk about a team that has been consistently good. I understand they're not wearing rings. They're not wearing, they haven't won any championships, but consistently good for a long period of time. Roy Halladay, pitching in Toronto year after year after year, really good, really good, really good. Now he goes over to the Philadelphia Phillies, no change at all. He's 4-0 in the season, shuts out Atlanta, pitches all nine innings. I didn't know you could do that. Anyway, I thought it was against the rules. But apparently a starting pitcher can still go nine innings and pitch a complete game. Doesn't happen very often. Seven strikeouts, one walk, five hits. You know, and you watch him pitch, and he it's not like he's doing anything sensational. It's like, why can't the other pitchers do that? Throw strikes, make the hitters hit the ball, mix up your pitches a little bit, get the hitters to strike out on the gate. Roy Halliday, like the great ones. Like great ones in all sport, he makes it look easy. He makes it look easy. What a quality pickup he has been for the Philadelphia Phillies. First place Philadelphia Phillies. They beat Atlanta 2-0. There's your baseball recap for the day. We also have a little football news to report, including, you know, so lost in the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and all the baseball. We do have an NFL draft tonight coming up at 6.30. We have not covered it, quite frankly, as well as we would have liked to, A eh? One-hour show is just uh, not enough to get into it. The NFL draft is kind of 
fallen by the wayside. we got a few minutes left. we have any football fans out there you want to talk NFL draft with us, we can do that. I know tomorrow you want to tune in because the big dog, my good partner Joel Radwanski, longtime football guy, played football at the highest level except high school, college, or pro. He will he will break down the NFL draft for you. Either that or he'll just break down. Might be a combination of the two. But 6.30 tonight, the NFL draft. Sam Bradford, the quarterback out of Oklahoma, expected to be the number one pick. Boy, I was watching the numbers or listening to the numbers thrown around. Apparently, in order to sign him, I don't know all the details of how this works, but apparently, in order to sign him, you got to give him a guaranteed forty-five to fifty million dollars. Forty-five to fifty million dollars, guaranteed, up front. And we all know NFL contracts are not guaranteed. That's one of the things I like about the NFL. If you know, player doesn't, team doesn't like you, you don't perform. You know what? You get cut next year. You don't get your contract. But now, because of that, they, the 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 rookies. And the free agents that are signing for big bucks, you get your quote-unquote upfront money, your upfront money, your guaranteed money. Forty-five or fifty million guaranteed by the team that drafts them. In this case, most likely the St. Louis Rams. I mean, that's ridiculous. And some people can say, "Well, that's just the way professional sports is now. These are highly paid entertainers. Uh, you know, he is unique in his ability." It is the democratic, it's the America way, it's the free enterprise system. I've heard all those arguments. You know what? They all make sense, but I don't care. Doesn't matter. There's still something innately wrong with a guy getting a guaranteed 40 to 5 to $50 million. He hasn't played a game yet somehow. Some way. The owners and the commissioner and the, the powers to be, they got to get together and bring those rookie salaries down, 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 way down. I don't know if it can be done, but if it can, they need to do that. I mean, that is just completely ridiculous. It's almost like a team now. You almost, you don't want to get that first pick. Because you're going to have to, again, according to the, uh, you know, the way the pay scales are set up, in order to sign the guy. That's how much money you got to guarantee. As good a quarterback as Sam Bradford can be, he's a quality guy. I'm rooting for the best for him. I'm not rooting against him. I'm just saying the salary structure is completely out of line. Sam Bradford, uh, gonna butcher his last name, but the Nebraska defensive lineman, not a, not a Sue. Very, very good. He's likely the second round pick. The kid out of Oklahoma, Gerald White, or Gerald McCoy, I'm sorry. Gonna be a high pick too. Probably the third pick could go the other way. Gerald McCoy might even go before Nadekin Sue. But those two guys are like can't-miss defensive prospects. You watch them play in college. Their games will uh, translate very well to the NFL. Here in Chicago, our Bears don't pick until the third round, the 75th pick. There's been some jokes about that. But bottom line is, with many teams, and the Bears are one of those, they've got as many good picks, as many good players in round three, four, and five as they have really in the last 10 or 12 years as they have in rounds one or two. So you do your scouting well, and a lot of it is a, a crapshoot. A lot of it is a roll of the dice. These guys can analyze players till the uh, cows come home. It's not a perfect science. Not a perfect science. But um, you make some good choice. You can pick up some key guys. Third, fourth, fifth round. So for the Chicago Bear fans out there, it is a big draft. Hopefully they'll come up with a safety, maybe an offensive lineman. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Just don't tune in if you're a Bears fan for the first couple hours because the Bears aren't picking. Unless, of course, they make some kind of dramatic trait.
All right. David Olson, we got to wrap up the show? You can a have very, another minute. A very sad moment in time. What other news and notes? Oh, uh, with the Bears, uh, Michael McCaskey. The much maligned owner the family owns. He's the president, whatever he is, the CEO of the Chicago Bears. He will be stepping down in one year. Everybody's very excited about that. That was the good news. The not-so-thrilled news is that his younger brother, George, will be taking over. Should have been Brian. Brian, I, I, I think they should. it should be Brian. All right. The youngest. I don't know, Brian. Brian, uh, Brian sets up the uh, mini camps, okay. and he's worked his way up through the organization. Is he, he a little less McCaskey-esque than yes. some? Yes. Okay. Yes, he's significantly younger than the rest of okay. them. Okay. Yeah, George uh, looks like a clone of Michael. Yeah, 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 and that's what everybody's kind of saying. Yeah. It's like, well. Sure, he's a perfectly nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But it might be more of the same. You need, you need somebody with yeah. fresh ideas. Yeah. To really, really get this franchise where it needs to go, they've mm-hmm. been they've been spinning their wheels since 1990. Right, well, we might continue to spin as George McCaskey takes over. And um, the NFL schedules came out yesterday. Bears open up with Detroit. I did go over the entire schedule yesterday, David. I've got the Bears uh, going 14 and two right now. Fantastic. Yep. Thank Fantastic. you very much. Well, no, no. I mean, in most of the papers, they they're projected to have a pretty good record because I mean. It, 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 it could be an easy yeah. walk to the playoffs. You know, the, the, the negative is our talent level is still a little low. The positive is we have a real offensive coordinator now. We're not playing with grade school offense anymore. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. We got to wrap it up. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Big Dog back in the house tomorrow. We do this show every week, every day of every week from 10 to 11 Central Time. If you enjoy it, tell a friend. Thank you so much. David Olson, our producer. Great job. Female winter, no squeeze of Louisa. Outstanding job as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. It's Earth Day.